This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome in to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Uh, Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, Scott the Hub, producing the show. Um, I want to thank our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your exercise needs. Mike, I kind of fell off the bandwagon for a couple weeks. A couple weeks of falling off the bandwagon, but hit the gym twice this week, really cleaned up my diet this week. I am not under two. I'm not back in the 240s. I'm just, I'm nestled right up again. I'm the 250, 250-ish. I'm glad that you're being honest yeah. because I wanted to bring this up. After having had a chance to watch you on TV mm-hmm. when you called the uh, Saints-Broncos game. Yeah. And knowing that you would come off a uh, Wednesday pizza night. Yes. Thursday Thanksgiving. Yes. Friday. No, Wednesday. Tuesday was a pizza Tuesday night. Tuesday was pizza. Wednesday was prime rib. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, Friday steak, Friday big oh big big steak I, dinner. I I tuned in on Sunday to watch. I went hmm. I was retaining my uh, my, my my buddy here is looking a little bloated. Yeah, there was a little salt in my uh, diet. There was I had a little puffiness. You a little, there was I had some extra puffitude. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I am. Uh, I, I've been back on it all, all right, week. I've good. been hard in the gym. and uh, Hey, it's Thanksgiving. We all have well, yeah, We're all yeah, going through yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. you got to have discipline, yeah. though. I ate a lot of chips, a lot of no. salsa. <laughs> uh, oh, that's my. Quite, that's quite, you ran quite the gauntlet there. Yeah. Pizza, tenderloin, yeah. turkey, steak. Yeah, yeah. It was not what we were, and a lot of cake. My wife makes oh, yeah. the most amazing, she's a, an amazing cook. And I'm not a big pumpkin pie guy. Do you like pumpkin pie? Uh, I'm more of an apple pie guy. I did a, I did heavy with the apple pie over Ooh. Thanksgiving. Yeah, I did no I did no apple. I like cherry rhubarb. Oh yeah, I could see you being a, a pumpkin. Your head's the size of a I pumpkin. I am a pumpkin. Yeah, I do have a you pumpkin. You're head. like the great pumpkin from yeah. Charlie Brown. Sure. I'm not a pumpkin pie guy, but my wife makes by far the best carrot cake I've ever eaten. Your wife and, is a hell of a cook. Oh, she's unbelievable. And. Um, Suffice it to say, Thanksgiving night, um, with no extra game on because the Baltimore Steeler game got pushed way back. Um, let's just say I drowned my sorrows <laughs> in uh, in no in 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 carrot cake. Carrot cake, and it's she's oh gosh, dude! I tell you what. Well, anywho, anywho. What so about, that's so my great find- bo- sweet sweat at sweetsweat.com for all your exercise supplement needs and the great folks over at. Uh, Superbook, America's best bet. Check them out. Oh, yeah. We got to do that, don't we? Yeah. We're going to make our picks later. Now, I know. We? Jay, Jay Cornegay going to join us a little <sighs> bit later to uh, critique. Uh, and it's it's not. Here's the good news. You're only three losses behind in the loss column. Yeah. Uh, the bad news is you 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 suck. We both suck. Let's just say it's just yeah. But I truly suck. Yeah, I'm All glad right. I'm not putting real money down. We'll we'll do that a little bit later on. But uh, well, let's start with the Steelers and 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 Ravens. They finally played the game. Yeah. Does this 
This sort of cements the idea, doesn't it, that they're not so much worried about competitive balance, the NFL. They just want to make sure these games get done. And, and I point to right. the Ravens and, and the Broncos playing without a quarterback as proof. Yeah, well, I mean, the Ravens, you know, played with their backup quarterback. He pulled a hamstring. They went to their other backup quarterback. At least they had backup quarterbacks. The Broncos had no quarterback. I called that game. No, like, I got an uh, – so I got a call on Saturday late afternoon. Oh, hey, by the way, every one of, Bronco, every one of the Broncos quarterbacks is on contact tracing protocol. None of them will play. So now it's scrambling to find out, well, who the hell's going to play? And you know they get this uh, they get this Kendall Hinton kid who hasn't played quarterback in two years was a Wake Forest wide receiver off the practice squad who by the way was working retail a month ago. I don't know what he was. Do you know what he's selling? What was what retail he was selling? No, but it it follows in the rich history of the Broncos who once brought back a running back in Tatum Bell who had been selling cell phones at a kiosk at a mall. I mean, God bless him, Kendall Hinton. What a what a job! Like, can you imagine? I can't even imagine, like them calling you. Like, what's that phone call sound like? Hey, uh, hey, uh, Cameron, Cameron. Yeah, it's uh, Elway. Uh, my name is Kendall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Uh, hey, listen, we're gonna need you to uh, to suit up this weekend. Gonna be a big opportunity for you. Oh man, I've been working so hard at route running and my route combinations. I really know the offense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not playing receiver, which you've been working out for here for the last month. Yeah, we're gonna start your quarterback. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know any of the plays. I'm not, yeah, yeah. You don't need to know a place. You don't need to know them. We're uh, gonna give you a crash course in uh, quarterback 101. Uh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I mean, gosh! Think about that whirlwind, and I hope that kid gets another opportunity at some time, at some point, because man, he was put in an impossible situation, and um, that takes a lot of balls. You know, it takes a lot of balls just to go out there. Like at one point, they're trying to get one of their their offensive quality control coach to be on the active roster. Like they petitioned the league to get him on the active roster. The league said absolutely not, because then every every team and their brother's uncle will be hiding players on their coaching staff, right? Potential players on the coaching staff. But that guy hadn't played a snap. I think he played at Central Florida. Uh, his name escapes me right now, but I think he played at Central Florida. He hadn't played since 2012. Mike. Yeah, it was like, like Cabarese, Cabarese yeah, or something. Yeah, Cabarese. Right? Yeah, like if you ask me, like I always joke around, I could take, I could give you one snap, but you're going to have to haul me off in an ambulance, you know, to the Swedish Medical Center afterwards. Like, can, can you imagine? You're not callous. You haven't played. Yeah, we're going to start him. Rob Calabrese. Was his name Rob Calabrese? Yeah, we're gonna start Rob Calabrese. Hasn't played since 2012. You know that you, my my father, affectionately known as Poolside. So I talked about this on broadcast. All my college buddies call him Poolside because every time we were on the road in a college game, you know my buddies would call me up. My dad would be doing push-ups between two like lawn chairs at the patio. You know, <laughs> he's just a freak show, right? So they call him Poolside, and and I would be like, my dad would tell me first thing, my muscles are no good for work. My I got show muscles. Like I, I go, I, I go out there and give you one snap, but my show muscles aren't got. They're not football muscles anymore. Show muscles. So yeah, I like just you talk about a debacle that was the Broncos and the the lack of the lack of preparation, and then you know the the whole COVID protocol breaking right after a day after they just got new protocol, new rules 
from the league office. This is the new rules. Don't break them. And then their quarterbacks are on there doing God knows what, breaking all the rules. Well, they got they got held up as an example, and and certainly the league, I'm sure, taking notice, and teams will take notice moving mm-hmm. forward. So you know the season presses on, and and I know I might incur the wrath of Steeler Nation. They're going to wave their terrible towels at me, but I'm sorry, I don't see an 11 and 0 team. Yeah, I don't either. I know the great Bill Parcell I, said, "You are what your record says you are." I'm sorry, this is not an 11 and 0 team. Right. They're a very good team, right. but I think 11 and 0, I think great. And they're at eleven and zero, and I think they'd be almost a touchdown underdog against the Chiefs. I think they would. I think they would. But like, I think they probably just out of out of grace, they give it like six and a half. But I'm telling you, like now, what you have to understand is on Monday I had Steelers Washington, and then they switched my game to Seattle Giants, and under speculation that that game, the Washington Pittsburgh game, might not go off. I think it will, but anyhow. So they switched my game. So on Monday, I spent about four hours looking at Steeler tape. And the Steelers are are probably like as deep as any team I've studied on tape. They're really, they're a really good team. Really good team. That said, the team I watched play against Baltimore's third stringers would get blown out by the Chiefs by 14. If they played, if they played that exact same kind of style that they played yesterday. Now, I know it was weird, and I know the the mentality of, hey, you're going to play on this day. Hey, you're going to play on – hey, you're playing on Thanksgiving. Hey, Thanksgiving game gets postponed. You're going to play on Sunday. Hey, the Sunday game gets cold. You're going to play on Monday. Hey, the Monday game gets postponed. You're going to play on Tuesday. The not knowing and then knowing what's coming down the pike too and then how are we going to – well, we're, now you're going to play on Wednesday. Wait a minute. We're going to play on Wednesday. Well, wait. Like, the coaches are preparing for – they're looking at Washington tape while they're coaching this game plan. Um, the players are – like, the uncertainty of that is – it's not physically taxing. It's mental. It's an arduous deal that they put you through mentally because you keep jumping through hoops and you're ready to play. And meanwhile, while you're ready to play, all of a sudden one of your guys, your starting center, goes down on COVID. You know, um, a couple other guys. So – that was a tough position to be in, so I'll give them a bit of a hall pass, even though their coach, and I love Mike Tomlin, their coach didn't give them a hall pass. They say, hey, what about the turnovers? What about the lack of execution in the red zone? What do you attribute that to? And he said, and, and I quote, sucking. We sucked. Like, you, you're in a, what are they, 11-0? Yeah. We sucked. Well, I mean, I love that's setting I love the bar the high. That's yeah. the standard. You yeah. know? And once you once you get to a certain standard, I love it. I love, That's why... You just got to respect the Steelers and what they do decade after decade because they do have a standard that they demand. Um, all right, so you get you get Seattle and the Giants this weekend. The team that I'll give you credit. I'm going to give you credit for this. You said five weeks ago, at least four or five weeks ago. Yeah. You said, I think the Giants will win the East. I'll tell you exactly because I said it right after I called the Giants versus the L.A. Rams early in the season. Maybe it was like week four, Mike. Uh, hold on, let me get, let me see. Like if I'm just kind of looking at my phone right now, going through uh, Giants-Rams week four. Yeah. Giants lost 17-9. to nine. Yep. And I came out of that game going, you mark my words, the Giants will win this division. Now, I don't know that that's going to hold true. They've, they've swept, they've swept the, uh, they've swept the, the Washington football team. And so 
I, I'm not sure their their schedule coming down the pike here is pretty tough, and it looks like they're going to be playing potentially without Daniel Jones. So Colt McCoy will take over. But you want to talk about physical. You want to talk about control line of scrimmage. Last week they won a game, 1917, against Cincinnati. They had like 42 runs, Mike. I mean, three, 3.4 yards of carry. Let's just go get this thing done. Um, defensively, man, they're very multiple. One of the touchdowns by Cincinnati, by the way, was a 103-yard kickoff return. So, like, they're they're very multiple on the back end. Did a great job of uh, of really confusing, which is hard to do. The former Bronco quarterback, uh, Brandon Allen, Allentown. You know, he is a gamer. Uh, gamer. Just a gamer. Uh, Vic Fangio has more. But, uh, yeah, they did a great <laughs> job confusing him, tying up uh, the, their double teams, who they chose to double team, when they chose to double team, um, A.J. Green. And, yeah, I just I thought, they, I thought they really showed out. They've played hard for Joe Judge. They really – you can tell that they like Joe Judge, and this is not the most accomplished or our deepest team. But Daniel Jones, I hope he plays because he has made monumental improvement. Has he? Oh my gosh! I'm sure, Giant fan would be yeah. curious to hear how. Well, in what areas? Like, I I called a game that that week four game, and 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 then I called another game against Washington. They squeaked a win out, um, and. He just was like completely locked on to receivers, completely just. I thought red striping? Yeah, red striping guys. Just, I mean, just completely telling the defense this is where I'm going and holding the ball too long and and not getting off of his intended retarget, kind of reading routes as opposed to reading coverage and knowing where to go with the football. And it was, it was bad. You know, I mean, it was just like, ugh, it doesn't look good. Um, completely different looking player. I mean, completely just eye humping safeties. Like, go, hey, here I come, here I come. Nope, I'm going over here. Like, just like it was like, wow, what he's been doing. Um, understanding where his one on ones are, understanding where the matchup is that he wants to go get. By the way, like I said, holding guys, holding guys in coverage where they can't leave because he knows he likes the other side of the field, and so it just is really. It's it's night and day different. Well, so I hope he gets to play. Well, their chances of winning the division, to, to me, it, it's starting to just look like them or Washington because Dallas right. is Dallas. And the Eagles, Mark, wow. You got Doug Peterson, just a couple years removed from winning a Super Bowl, coming out the other day and saying, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't been given any assurances. I'm going to finish the season. Yeah, That plus Carson Wentz's struggles, Philly just looks like a team – that's in a tailspin. Right. Well, I mean, it one, it starts up front. One, they can't block anybody. I mean, it's it's embarrassing. It is literally embarrassing. So they can't block anybody. So they're constantly giving up hits and pressures. Um and then Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz is his accuracy. You know, you can only take so many hits, Mike, and you can only get injured so many times, and you can only get pressured so many times before mechanically you stop trusting your mechanics. And it's just about getting the ball out of your hand. And so you'll see him lose his base, lose his feet. So your feet are the timing mechanisms, are the timing mechanism of of throwing the football. And your feet have to be underneath you. They have to be balanced. They have to, you know, they have to lead you to your throws. And he is under so much duress, man, that he, he can never set his feet. Like he's always throwing 
off balance, in, in awkward positions. Like, you have to be able in the NFL to, to throw off platform. But you got to be able to gather yourself, even if you're off platform, to still have some body control and some balance to you, you know? You can throw it off your back foot as long as you got room to operate. He doesn't have any room to operate. And so, like, he is just under duress constantly. And so, even when he's not under duress, Mike, his mechanics have broken down so much because he's so used to throwing the ball in shitty positions that he's constantly, I mean, he's, he misses, he's completely inaccurate with the football. He misses wide open targets. Him and his guys aren't on the same page. There's a lack of nuance with his receiving core. Alshon Jeffrey retired and didn't tell anybody. I mean, it's it, it is like they don't one nobody nobody is threatened by anybody who plays for them outside the numbers of their receivers. So there's no threat there. So even in zone stuff where you're off, you're just playing total flat foot and saying you're not going to beat me over the top anyhow. So I'm going to play flat-footed at seven yards, and I'm going to break on every route, and I'm going to knock down, and you're going to throw inaccurate balls. We're going to knock down balls. We're going to pick off balls. Like, it, it is unbelievable, the lack of respect. You can tell You can tell by watching film what a defense thinks of you as an offense. And you know what the defenses think of the Philadelphia Eagles' as offense, offense? They think you guys suck and you can't hurt us. You can't beat us over the top. And therefore, every throw has to be a dime piece. Like, every throw's got to be a dime piece. Otherwise, guess what? We're in there, we're going to break it up. Because there is not one DB in the National Football League that says, oh gosh, how am I going to cover Alshon Jeffrey deep or Travis Fulgham deep or how am I going to cover, uh, what's the guy's name? Ward. Ward or Rager. Yeah. Like, how am I? Oh, yeah. Ooh, I'm shaking in my shoes. Like, there is not one urine dribble coming out of any guy's wiener. <laughs> not one dribble yeah, of nah, urine yeah. coming out that's, of any guy's wiener. That's so colorful. Like, you, you know, when you get nervous, you get the yeah, little, little dribble, wiener, yeah, little no, dribble right. in your pants. Nothing there. There is not one Nothing dribble. Nothing right there right now. Nope, not one. Hey, we do, We seem to do this every week, the whole pretender contender game. And, and there are a couple matchups that. I just don't know yet about these teams, and, mm-hmm. I, and maybe we should, but maybe it, it makes sense not to know. Do you know the Bills yet? Do I know the Bills? As they get ready to go to play San Francisco in Arizona um, Monday night. Um, no, I, I don't. I have the one. I haven't called any of their games. No. I watched the. I. I Called a game against the Rams, the Rams and Giants game, right after they had gotten beat by the Bills in a last-minute yep. deal. Yep. And they were great in the first half, and then they just then they just kind of fell apart. So it was the tale of two halves, and the Rams came charging back in that game. And so I don't have a good sense of what exactly they are because defensively they were good for a while, then they were really bad. They're just this kind of up-and-down yeah. mercurial football team. I think they're well coached. Uh huh. I think they're solid. Right. But they don't have the look of special to me. Okay. And I think I have to put the Rams in that category. The Rams are, man, they're hard to figure. They look great right. in beating Tampa. Although maybe now that the shine's coming off the, right. the rose there for Tampa. Uh, but, you know, then they, then they turn around and get, you know, really kind of handled by San Francisco. Yeah. 
Well, San Francisco has physically whipped them. So there, see, this is the problem with with looking at like the one that one matchup. So they played San Francisco a few weeks ago, and San they, they just physically dominated that game. Physically dominated, and there are always these teams that you play against during the course of your career that schematically and and physically you just don't match well. Their players are just. Not that they're better than you. They're just they're just a matchup that's tough for you. There's always that guy that you have to play against that nobody who's a fan of football knows his name that's always just a shitty matchup for you as a player. Like people always ask me, who'd you have the toughest time with? You know, yeah. because I had, you know, I I mean played during John Randall's right. era or during Warren Sapp's era or or Cortez Kennedy. You know, these are the guys that I had to play against. Reggie White. Reggie White, yeah. So I had all these guys that I had to play against. Like, if you ask me who gave me the most fits, Phil Hansen from Buffalo. God, I couldn't. Like, he was just so – I could never get my hands on him, right? He was gelatinous. Like, yeah, yeah. I, like, uh, that guy gave me – Pierce Holt from San Francisco uh-huh. back in the day gave me issues. Uh, you know, it was guys – the guys that you hadn't really heard of. John Perella. For the Chargers back in the day, just like there was nobody I ever felt like I couldn't take off the ball. Like there's nobody in the run blocking that I couldn't just wah, just you know, just sink my hips and just snap off the ball and take off. John Perel was that guy. I was like, like I, I wasn't afraid of him as a pass rusher. I was like, I'll be fine there. But man, this is just going to be an all day. It was like literally running into a tree stump. You ever try to remove a tree stump? Oh, stump? Bitch. Yeah, you know, that's what it was. It was just like, this is, like, if I just stalemate, I'll just call it a win. You know, like, huh. it was, so, so he gave uh, me, he gave me So I take from all of that that you uh, you own Lawrence Taylor. Huh. I'm sure LT would love to hear about that. Well, LT never, hey. I mean, you know, it was like, I had to run down and pull and hit him on the end of the line of scrimmage. You know, like, but he was usually on the other side from me. And, um, and yeah, you know, I ran down and trapped him on several occasions. And, you know, I walked away from that experience going, you know, that he's better than me. And, you know, as long as he, as long as he. Didn't he yell at you one time? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh. It's a good Tell yeah. the story. I love the story. Scared me. Story time was stink. I love this. So we put in a play called uh, Counter Outside. So when I played for Washington, we were not allowed to cut people. Unlike my days in Denver where we cut everybody, right? So the, the Washington just didn't believe in cutting people. They didn't think, well, that's not, you know, we, we're calloused, and that's not, you know, man. It's not gentlemen. Right, yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, we put on this play called Counter Outside because when you would run down and trap Lawrence Taylor, you know, you break the huddle, you're like, ready, break. And we got, a, you know, a 77 counter on whatever, right? So you peek down, like, just out of the corner of your eye, and he'd be just frothing at the bit down at the end of the line of scrimmage. You're like, oh, shit. This is gonna hurt, you know, because <laughs> he's not gonna feel this, and it's just gonna shorten my neck. Right? Right. And he could uncoil on you, like he was his timing. He'd see you coming, and he'd be standing up straight, and then all of a sudden he'd just sink his hips and just yeah with his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like a cartoon. It was like ah, your teeth would be rattling, you know. And it hurt the sh- it hurt like man it hurt down to your core. I mean it sunk into your the core, your spine, and your being, you know. And and then he just bounced off and run down and chase it down like it didn't even hurt him. He didn't even feel it. And you know you walk back to the huddle and you're like shit. I hope they don't call that play again, right? 
So we call this counter outside. And the counter outside is I come screaming on the line of scrimmage. And I'm looking like I'm going to trap him. And he, you can see him just coiling for to get set for contact. And then I slip him. And I go to the edge. We've got like a crackdown block from the slot receiver. I go to the edge, and my responsibility is to pick up the safety. You know, first force. So I bypass him, right? And the tackle pulling behind me, Joe Jacoby, cuts him. So that was was the first time we put in a cut. And so he cuts him. And I bounce outside. I come up on the stage. We get like a – Ernest Beiner goes for 15 yards. And I'm thinking to myself, that's the greatest play ever invented right there. (laughs) I get a bypass Lawrence Taylor, right? I get a hit of safety. Yeah. Pass up the big guy to hit the little guy. Yeah. I go, this is great. So I come bebopping back to the huddle. And pardon my French because it just it, is better. It's, with, it's LT, with, yeah. He's like, hey, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's like, don't you ever. And I mean, he was livid. And he is just dog cussing. And at that point, I'm looking inside like, don't run that again. Don't run. <laughs> I mean, I literally was like, he was going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, going to kill me. And I, I was, I did. Speaking of, you know, piss coming out of yeah, your wiener, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I was dribbling down yeah. my leg right yeah. there. So they, they didn't death. call. They didn't call it again. Uh, I we probably ran it one or two more yeah. times, but I was like literally like, I'm sorry, Mr. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me, it's the coaches. <laughs> if you want to beat one of them up, be my guest, you know. I mean I didn't want to do this. I, I told them this was a bad idea. I told them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, I saw him. I oh, saw that's him. Great. I'm calling a game in Miami a year ago. And we're at the Diplomat Hotel, which is this, like, it's a swanky party hotel, right? And I Not come, like the Albion? No, not like the Albion. <laughs> yeah, this, this hotel has amenities. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, I'm bebopping up. We just did, you know, meetings with uh, with the Dolphins, right? I'm bebopping. And there's there's LT with a group of guys. He's going golf because he, he golfs, yeah. you know, and... And he's there, and he's still frightening. Like, still just yeah. like, oh. Uh. I'm like, hey, LT, you know. He's like, hey, Mark, how are you? You know, he's like kind. And, yeah. and he has no idea that inside I am literally about ready to poop my pants. <laughs> like, I'm like, uh-oh. I hope he's not. I hope I didn't say anything on TV that he's mad about. <laughs> like, you know, I hope I didn't say. You know, I, uh, that's literally yeah. going through my head. Yeah. I'm scared to death of that man. Yeah. So there was no, hey, remember those days of 77 counter? Yeah, no, 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 no. Remember that counter outside when we cut you? <laughs> no, absolutely no oh, way. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, you know, it's not, not awesome. What's that? My picks. Yeah, your picks so are not awesome. Let's just get this over yeah, with. You know what? Why wouldn't let's we? Let's just get it over with. Hey, as promised, join the program right now, Jay Cornegay of uh, Superbook, America's Best Bet, and Jay. You know how it is. I mean, I'm still kicking that ass, but, uh, boy, I tell you what, it's been tough sledding here the last couple of weeks. There's no question about it. So I'm going to let Mike start with the uh, wrong answers, and then I'll move on to the right answers. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, listen, Jay, I am – our records right now, I am 13, 20, and 3. Mm. 13, 20, and 3. But you know what? Actually, I would like to take a bow, and I would like everybody listening to say – Thank you to me because everybody who enjoys their trips to Vegas and those shiny buildings Mm -hmm. and those beautiful buildings, Mm -hmm. 
Guess who builds them? Yes. People like me. Yeah, you're right. You're right. With betting records like this. If people just bet against you, they would be making big money right <laughs> big now. Big money right big now. Big money. But here's the good part. <laughs> you're only three behind me in the all-important loss yeah, column. Right. You always tell me about how important the loss column is. So you're only three behind. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, Jay. Uh, let's see. Here we go. This is the week it, uh, it all, all right. turns all right. around. All right. I'm going to go with the um, – the Colts minus uh, three and a half over Houston. I I just think Indy is a, is a better, more well-rounded, reliable team. Uh, I know Houston looked good on Thanksgiving, but that was against the uh, Lions. They're losing Will Fuller with the suspension, so I'm going to go Colts there minus the three and a half. Uh, the Eagles are really shaping up to become a mess right now. Doug Peterson's answering questions about whether or not he's going to finish the season. Uh, Carson Wentz is just terrible right now. Uh, the Packers have had a couple of games this year where they've uh, underachieved against uh, lesser opponents. I don't think they do it this time. Give me the Packers minus the eight and a half. And I'm going to take the Chargers in a pick 'em game against the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots have played some uh, some some hard fought games that they've won at home against teams like Baltimore and Arizona, but I don't think they're built to go out on the road and win uh, on what should be a fast track. So give me the Chargers in a pick 'em. Well, Mike, um, first, I, I'll let you off the hook a little bit because I'm telling you, there's so many people struggling this year with the NFL. It's very, very difficult, very difficult to handicap these guys as we've just seen so many different things. we got these injuries. we got the COVID issues. we got travel. There's just been a lot of different things in the mix uh, for the NFL and been very, very difficult to, to handicap. So I'll get you, you know, I'll, I'll get you a free ride. In fact, next time you come in, Mike, I'll get you a couple of buffets. How's that? Oh, um, oh he'll great. Oh. You're going to lose money. Now, Michael <laughs> now, crush a buffet. Yeah. yeah. Now in that case, I'm going to finally win. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, you know, the Colts were really, you know, had a lot of injuries that a few people were out last week. And that's one of the reasons why their defense struggle. I know Forrest Buckner was out. I mean, he, I think he was out for COVID, but uh, that's uh, one of the reasons why they gave up. I think they gave up 35 points in the first half. Um, but no fuller for the Texans. Uh, even though Watson's been on fire, they still are one-dimensional, no running game. So with these guys coming back, they should have a couple of these guys back on the Colts side. I agree with you, Colts minus three and a half. Packers, Eagles, uh, it's, it's probably the highlighted game in the afternoon. And uh, it's a really weak schedule for the books in the afternoon. But uh, with that said, more money is going to be concentrating on the Packers. We, this is going to be one big game for the, the books as uh, a lot of people are going to support the Packers because all you hear is how terrible the Eagles are, how terrible Wentz is. I get it. Eight and a half. I'm going to have to agree with you because I, I can't look at the Eagles and, and, and put my money down on them. And then the Chargers and Patriots. Okay, Mike, I can see why you like Lynn over Belichick. Okay, I get it. I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, this is, I don't know why you went there, but uh, I know the Patriots got really lucky last week with that, you know, Arizona missed field goal, and then they got that late hit call, and all of a sudden they kick a winning field goal. But, um, you know, I just don't trust, I just don't trust Lynn uh, at all. I, I, I think he's made a lot of bad calls. I'm not sure if he's going to be there uh, next year, actually. I, I think that. It's a prime opportunity for the the Chargers to have the pick of the litter uh, out of all the coaches because they got a franchise quarterback, they got a new stadium. I think you'll see a change there, but I'm going to go with the Patriots there because I just cannot trust Lynn in that game. All right, so you got Mike going two and one. I, I, Anthony Lynn, my former teammate, Anthony Lynn, did basically say that they were out of playoff contention. They're not mathematically eliminated yet. 
but he did come out and say that. But that's because he knows the Chargers are going to charge her, Mike. I mean, eventually the Chargers are going to find a way to lose a game. That's what they do. So you're taking the Patriots? Well, I yeah, I will take the Patriots, but I don't have them on my list. Oh, okay. I don't. That that's not the why. Not? Why not? Well, because I I should go against you in all three of these. Right, I should just go should. Houston <laughs> Eagles and Pats and just see how it plays right. out. That would be the fun thing to do. Maybe next week we'll start yeah. doing that. I'll just let you pick and I'll go against that would your just pick. Completely crush me. Yeah. That'd all right. Be- so here, here we go, Jay. Here is uh, here's where I'm at. Hey, the Saints go into the to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. I know the Falcons coming off a big victory against the Raiders, but I'm telling you, the Saints have their number, and it really comes down to defensively. The uh, Falcons cannot block the Saints. Cam Jordan, I believe, last time they played a couple weeks ago, had three sacks. I think they had eight or nine sacks total. Tons of pressure on uh, Matt Ryan. They have never been able to block this Saints front. I don't say, I don't expect that to change. Cam Jordan goes to the Pro Bowl every year simply because he plays the Falcons twice. And he's a great player, don't get me wrong. But that guy's sack totals against the Falcons, is uh, they're unbelievable. He's got like 30-plus sacks in the last few years against the Falcons uh, in the last however many years he's played. So I like the Saints minus three. I'll give you the three. I know offensively the Saints didn't do much against the Broncos. Part of that game planning, they didn't have to do anything. The Broncos didn't start a quarterback, right? They didn't have one. They were on the COVID uh, tracing program. So I'm going to go the Saints there. Then I'm going to take the the Titans five and a half over the Browns. I call the Browns game. Browns offensively. They don't have – these two teams are built similarly and that they're going to run the ball and they're going to do all those things. But the Browns just don't have a legit threat in the passing game. Most of their explosive plays are all off the run game, all off the boot keep game, all off the crossing route game. I just don't see that being viable for them to put a lot of points up. I think they're built, like I said, very in a similar fashion where they're going to you know, thunder punch each other in the face for a while. But I think the Titans eventually um, – Win out in that, and I think they win by a touchdown or more against the Browns. The Browns just haven't put up many points lately, so I'm going to take the Titans. I'm going to give the five and a half, and then I'm going to stay on the giving train because it is the holidays. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs, minus 14, and I know what you're thinking. What? 14? The Broncos got their quarterbacks back. It doesn't matter. They could go in there and play without their quarterbacks. It's going to be the same result. The Chiefs, on, on average, the Broncos haven't beaten the Chiefs in five years, five seasons, and on average, they beat them by about 16 points in those five years. So I'm giving the 14. I've got the Chiefs. I mean, the last time the Chiefs and the Broncos played, they beat them 40-something to 16, uh, 43-16, I believe, and the Chiefs didn't even score on offense. I mean, they they, they, they didn't even really do anything. Patrick Mahomes had, I think, one touchdown and, and 200 yards passing in that game. Like, they're going to put on a show. The Broncos have some injuries on the defensive side. They lost Bryce Callahan, who's been an outstanding corner. He's not going to play. They're going to go after Michael Ojemudie. Uh, they're they're going to I, – I, I give it uh, I, 45 to 13 is my uh, is my prediction on that. I'll, I'll, I'll take the Chiefs and give the points. What do you say? Well, uh, you know, looking at the Saints and Falcons, the Falcons were our savior last week as they beat the Raiders and everybody was on the Raiders betting against the Falcons. And it's going to be the same situation this week. I mean, we're going to really need the Falcons. We always need a couple of upsets and this could be one of them. Actually uh, the Saints got a very fortunate bye week last week, uh, but everybody has to remember the Saints are still playing with a backup quarterback. You know, they, they, they are not full strength. Um, I think the Falcons have the talent. They have a lot of talent. They do find ways to lose games, but I'm going to count on a, 
interdivisional upset here and take the Falcons outright and beating the Saints. Now, as far as the Titans, the Titans, you know, were, were left for the dead, I think, about two weeks ago when they lost, the I think, the Colts on Thursday night. And then all of a sudden they come back with these two big wins at Baltimore in overtime. They beat up on the Colts that didn't have a lot of defensive players, scored 35 points in the first half. I mean, everybody's on the bandwagon, the Titans, and so am I, <laughs> um, because they are physical. They they can really run the ball. The Browns are a quiet 8-3 and three team, but they've been beating a, a lot of bad teams. I'm all over the Titans. In fact, they're a very scary team that could really uh, make, a, make it all the way to the conference uh, championship. Uh, and I agree with you here, Mark, too. Um, I think the Chiefs can really just name the score here. Uh, if, if you told the Chiefs to go out there and win by 21, they could because it's just a, a total mismatch. Um, the Broncos uh, are are certainly full of injuries. I know they get their quarterbacks, but the Chiefs, this is an important game. People don't realize that, remember, seven teams from each conference make the playoffs, all right? It used to be six, and the first two seeds got a bye. Now the only the first seed gets a bye. So you don't want to be that number two seed. You're, you you got to keep pace with Pittsburgh. So the Chiefs want to do that. I know that they're going to want to get in this game and out of this game without uh, uh, any injuries, but they have to keep pace with uh, Pittsburgh because they're they're vying for that buy. All right. So uh, what you have? You have Mike at what one and two again? No, two and one. Oh, two and one. For, what, two and one. for whatever that I, I means. Both at two and one. You got us both at two and one. Which means Mike will be one and two again, like he always is. Yeah, and I'll be yeah, or right. one one and one. Or one one and one. And I'll yeah. be. I'll probably be. Uh, I hope I'm. T- I hope I get back on the winning. On my winning. I have not ways. had a good one one and one week in a while. No, you, you know? haven't. You you you're due for a one one and one week. You are due. You know what? I'm going to call it right now. Yeah. One one and one for Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. But you can't be one 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 because you got minus eight and a half, and you got minus three and a half. Oh, and, and a pick. Oh, all right. Unless you get a tie. Unless it actually goes a tie game. And you know what? That could happen. That could happen. <laughs> All right, Jay. Hey, man, always a pleasure hooking up with you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. We'll hook up with you next week as well. Same to both of you guys. Have a great weekend. You too, man. That's Jay Cornegay from uh, Superbook, America's Best Bet. Hey, listen, for everybody involved in the Stink of Truth podcast, for Mike, myself, for Scott, who produces the show, Millennial Ben helping out today as well. Also, like to thank uh, our presenting sponsors, great folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your exercise and supplement needs. Check it th- uh, check them out at SweetSweat.com and uh, Superbook America's Best Bet. Uh, for Mike and myself, we'll talk to you next week.